There are three stars in the heavens moving about Jupiter, as Venus and Mercury about the sun, which at length was established as clear as daylight by numerous other observations. The Interplanetary Podcast. The exploration of space for the benefit of all mankind. Your hosts here in London, Matthew Russell and Jamie Franklin. Jamie, you're back. I'm back once again. Like the renegade, renegade master. master. I say master, you say master. Let's call this whole thing Let's off. Let's call it off. You're, oh. from, you're from the north. Well, you're from the Midlands. The Midlands. Midlands. I'm in Midland. And I'm from the south. South. Um, Galileo was from the south. He was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, very, very clever man. Possibly very. the father of science. It's pretty... uh, Imagine if that was your title. Father of science. Yeah. Uh, hi. Um, could you just fill in your name, please? What's your title? Uh, it's the father of science. Father of science. Where I was the first person to see Jupiter's moons. Imagine saying that now. People would look at you. Literally, like, his eyes. Bat shit. His eyes mm. were the first eyes to bear witness. To bear the light. To the clockwork of the solar system. Uh, well, anyway, I mean, it's just mind-blowing. So, uh, Jamie, the reason why I've got that quote mm-hmm. is because I want to talk about juice. I mean, now we are talking we my are, language. We are talking We are talking your language. Because do you want me to, I mean, I'm, do you want me to break that down for you of what juice means? Yeah, go on then. Give me, give me, give me what juice actually means. Juice means Jupiter's icy moons. It does mean Jupiter's kind of. kind of. I mean, it does. It does. Yes, it's the juicy ice, icy moons mission. And it's how our favourite space agency are going to get us there. It is by twenty twenty nine. So this is absolutely huge for the U- European this is Space Agency. This is, big. This this is a big one. Like this, genuinely, this is big. Because this is from their cosmic mission, cosmic vision program. So that's cosmic vision runs from 2015 to 2025. So it's like one, one of those vision. Decades. Cosmic vision. <laughs> I mean, Brian must be very pleased that it's called cosmic vision. Oh. But it, it's the yeah, uh, um, it won over two other two other missions: the new gravitational wave observatory, the NGO, and the uh, and Athena. Athena. Advanced Telescope for High Energy Astrophysics. Yeah, exactly. And it is the first of the very large class missions in ESA's cosmic vision. So what we say in April 13th, launch date, TBC? It is absolutely April the 13th. And it's launching from Europe's spaceport in Kourou, French Guiana. Is this where you tell me you've been? I have been, Jamie. Yeah. I've been a couple you don't like of times. To talk about no, it. I don't like to talk about it. But I was there for the European Space Agency's launch. Are you of going to be back Vegas there in April? Matt? I am not going to be oh. there in April, but I am going to tell you some exciting news okay. about where I am. But where I am going to be oh, hello. for this launch? Yeah, it's very exciting. But that's why I wanted to talk about it because I wanted to kind of a brush up on it myself. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought you know it's it's going to be awesome. This is going to be one of the very last uh, Ariane Five launches as well. <laughs> In fact, it might be the last Ariane 5 launch that carries a European Space Agency mission. Wow. And then they're switching over to uh, 
Arrien 6. Well, what a legacy. Or I like to call it Arrien 6. Not a bad one to end on. No, it's, it's yeah, I mean... It, as missions go. As mission goes, this is, pretty this, is, cool. this is pretty cool. So it was supposed to arrive at Jupiter in 2030, but it's running a little bit behind. So it's going to get there for 2031. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to launch in a couple of weeks and then we have to wait <laughs> seven or eight years for it yeah. to get there. Space it, is slow sometimes. It but is, Matt, it is slow, you know, isn't it? Sometimes it's worth the wait. Mm. And when it gets there, mm-hmm. it should last at least three years. Now, something I have definitely noticed with these very large space missions is that they seem to last a hell of a lot longer yeah. than the three years that they give it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Far away. Now, it gets to Jupiter, but actually what it's more concerned about is the icy moons of Jupiter, which are... Europa. Mm-hmm. Callisto. Mm-hmm. And Ganymede. Ganymede. All of them have what, Jamie? Which makes them super exciting. Internal oceans. Yeah. Or Io, ironically. Doesn't. <laughs> is Yeah, Io. That is weird. Right? Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? No, I haven't. That's why I'm co-host. Would be confusing if the acronym, if the initialization for internal ocean yeah. was Io, because... Their IO doesn't have internal oceans, as far as I'm aware. It must be so mad. Mm-hmm. Now, why, why, why do we care that it's got internal oceans? Or oh, potential habitats for life. Oh, well, le, grand, one, isn't it? le grand temps, it's as the, the French one. might it's say. The biggest one. Yes. The European Space Agency decided that its big themes were going to be looking about how the planet's formed, mm-hmm. planet formation in general, and the emergence of life and how the solar system works. So they're the big themes that are trying to be kind of unraveled by this extraordinary spacecraft. Mm. So, yeah, it will carry on looking at Jupiter as regardless. So Jupiter's going to have some kind of continuous observation of its atmosphere and magnetosphere. If you're going to take eight years to get there, you might as well, yeah. as we're here. Should we look at Jupiter? Yeah, go on then. I, I kind of vaguely mentioned its magnetosphere there. The Jupiter's magnetosphere system, so, you know, in the same way that Earth has this great big magnetic field around it, Jupiter is, is wildly complicated. It's mm. A, it's absolutely massive and very, very powerful. And so you get the Aurora Barora massive version of it yeah. and very, very bright version of it on Jupiter. Um, but also it interacts with with some of the moons in in the system. So mm. Ganymede has got its own magnetic field as well, which is very exciting. Okay. It's one of the very few bodies in the solar system with a proper magnetic field. Yeah. That's crazy considering Venus doesn't, uh, Mercury doesn't, but this this one does. You'd show off about it, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, Gany- Ganymede's absolutely enormous as well. It's yeah, so much it bigger than the moon, and it's actually bigger than Mercury, although it's not as massive, but we'll get onto that. It's going to visit Callisto, which is the most cratered object in the solar system. So that is the object that's seen the most action. I mean, it's been bashed about. <laughs> it has been bashed about. And then it's going to do two flybys of Europa. Come on, now we're talking. Europa's definitely everyone's favourite, isn't it? It's definitely mine. I think that's the one that I'm most romanticising about, mm. let's say. But then that's probably because it's just I, I don't know too much more about the others. I'd yeah. like to learn more. Then, this is the exciting bit, it is going to get into orbit around Ganymede in 2032. That's big. And that will be the first time that anything's gone in orbit around a moon. 
mm. of another of another body. Obviously, mm. things have gone around the moon of Earth, yes, but nothing's ever gone uh, round another, another moon, planet's moon without being sort of like uh, other missions have have swept by moons. Like obviously, we've observed Titan and things like that, but nothing's actually got into orbit around one of these big moons before. Mm. So it's going to study Ganymede's icy surface and its internal structure and this subsurface ocean. And that subsurface ocean, by the way, contains more water than probably Earth's does. Mm. It's a lot of water. It's it, a lot, and is there a lot of water on Earth? Mm. And there's more on. There's more there. Well, there's way more there. There's way more in those three moon juicy juicy moons juicy moons. <laughs> juicy moons than there are I mean they really are juicy imagine them at like a sort of imagine if you got some hard boiled sweets mm -hmm. that were like Killisto Ganymede and Europa they'd have these like beautiful gooey oh, water in fact actually they'd make very good uh, liqueur chocolates wouldn't they I think they would not a fan of liqueurs myself but <laughs> what, I'll tell you what so, hard boiled sweet with a gooey centre come on I do I love a liqueur so any listener wants to send you Jamie and I gifts, send, send me liqueurs and send Jamie, like, I don't know, Mowbray, Mowbray fruits or something. I, I don't know. Send me some, um, you know, Murray mints. <laughs> yeah, because <send>, send, yeah. <laughs> he's such an old boy. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, just send me some Murray mints. Yeah, no, that's, you know. But yeah, Juicy Moons. Juicy Moons. <laughs> You've yeah. got a couple of magazines called Juicy Moons. <laughs> I have, you? but that we can't really In talk the sock about. the drawer. Yeah. <laughs> the crusty sock drawer. Oh, um, dear. Mega important mission. What I like about it is that the Jupiter system, you can kind of consider it like an, another solar system. Mm. So it's like another little mini solar system. Mm. So in actual fact, if you can go out there and have a sort of closer look at how at everything, you might get some more ideas how that solar system formed. And there's some yeah. really exciting things, well, Jupiter's particularly involving these so three moons, in fact. enormous that it does pretty much control everything. <laughs> yeah, it is absolutely, in fact... In fact, it's so big that it shifts the sun off its barycenter, so the barycenter actually falls outside of the sun's surface. Mm. So therefore, Jupiter isn't in orbit around the sun. They are actually co-orbiting. Yeah, that's mad. It is mad, but obviously the sun still makes up 99% of the mass of the solar system. Yeah. And then Jupiter makes up a ridiculous percentage, like sixty odd percent mm. of the rest of the solar system, and then and then you, everything else is just a rounding error. Yeah, yeah. It's it's absolutely a massive. Of biggins. It's absolutely massive. Sun and Jupes. Mm. Yeah, and of course it's been very beautiful in the night sky recently over Hasn't the last uh, over the last year. We've had a lot of Jupiter's Jupiter which is action. Rare, you know, in England. Yeah. But but yeah, it's very bright at the moment and has been bright for a long time. Uh, but it's it's slowly fading now. It's kind bye of, bye. It's Jupiter. kind of like you and me. Yeah, <laughs> we've burnt so brightly, been bright Jamie. Bright for a long time. Now we're mind fading. you, I feel as though you've come back round into orbit here. You reckon? Yeah, there's there's a lot going on for you, Jamie. Yeah, there is quite a bit. You finished you you finished your song. Yeah, it's absolutely song. cracking. Oh, thanks, man. I, honestly, you should. Everyone should wait until Jamie drops it. It's gonna be it's gonna be. Awesome. You can't say that because now there's, you know, you're building up hype that will they'll inevitably be. I'm telling very you, I'm going to be tweeting about it because it, it, you're definitely not going to be disappointed. Oh, it's bless legendary. you, bless you. Oh, so Jamie, did you hear about the um, the competition? I didn't. Tell so me about the yes, so children were invited mm. to create art for the Jupiter icy ah, moon explorer yes. Juice, and a ten year old called Yarinar, their artwork. 
was placed on the Ariane 5 rocket, so you can actually see on the outside. Well, we need to stick that up on the uh, Instagram Yes, we'll definitely stick that up. 2,600 entries from 63 countries. Wow. Um, Monica Talevi, who is the head of ESA's education program, emphasised the importance of inspiring young people, which, of course, is true. Absolutely true. Juice up your rocket, Matt. That's what the competition... uh, Juice up your rocket. Is that what you would have called it, Jamie? Is that the sort of thing that you do with your marketing campaigns? Juice up your rocket. Uh, it does sound like something that we would say, but I'm, you know, I'm going to leave this to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so the winning artwork became the mission logo, and it's a genuine representation representation of all the mission elements. So go and have a look at it and see if you can spot all the different elements of the mission with, within the artwork. Well, I, I need to go and see that artwork at once. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about a potential habitability. Well, we have to start with the presence of liquid water, of course, subsurface oceans, Matt. Something I've been banging on about for, I'd say, the best part of 10 years now. Now, it, it gets cold, doesn't it? It gets cold it's when really you sort cold. of go that far out. I mean, and we're talking a very long way out into the solar system. Hence, it's going to take eight years to get there. Mm. Um, what, how, how, is it, how is it not ice? How, how, how is the water not ice? Well, Matt, have you heard of tidal heating? I haven't heard of tidal heating unless it's a, unless it's a new type of streaming service that also heats your house. It could well be, but this is due to gravitational interactions with Jupiter and the other moons that can provide the energy needed for maintaining subsurface oceans. It is really interesting, isn't it? Quite it's that. interesting that the push and pull of all the all the different. I mean, what I find incredible is you've got these things that are stable. Mm. That 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 actually, you know, as one moon orbits the other. Because I don't know if you've ever tried like any of those computer games where you try and put something in orbit around something else, and it just becomes I a mess very no. very quickly. Yeah, and it's like no, they've somehow managed to find these stable orbits. And as they're sort of going around, obviously they're pushing and pulling on each other, just in the same way, I suppose. We actually get our energy from tidal forces as well. When, yeah. when you know, all those tide things that 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 we use now to generate electricity. Absolutely, there's a lot of that. Uh, yeah, and yeah. but imagine how much bigger that would be if your sort of tidal partner was Jupiter. Yeah. So That's it's a big push. Yeah. And so pull. it is. So it is a big push and pull, isn't it? So yeah, that is heating up the uh, the moons yeah incredible and I, I i dare say that there's probably a bunch of radioactive materials as well at the core of a lot oh, of these yeah lot of lot of these moons yeah you would have but so. interesting that ganymede has got a, a magnetic field around mm. it so mm. presumably that's got like a proper core that's kind of maybe maybe i don't know or maybe it's just the interaction with jupiter mm. it's it's like we heard that venus didn't have a Sort of molten core mm. and was kind of like dead, and same with Mars. But they, but they actually do still generate a little bit of a magnetic field due to their interaction with the sun's magnetic field, and therefore mm. it kind of generates it. Maybe that's the same case with the moons out there. But I think that's why they've gone out there to kind of nail all that down. Crazy. What about the chemical ingredients for life, Matt? Well. I think that there's a lot, lots of those chemicals out there. So I think they already know that there's lots of carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, phosphorus, and sulfur. Just a, by just yeah. from previous kind guns. of flybys, that's a lot of what you need for for, for carbon based life. Mm. What am I made of, Matt? Carbon based life. Actually, you could be a silicon based life. Have I got any sulfur in me? 
<laughs> I have smelt <laughs> occasionally that you have got a bit of sulfur yeah, in you, but that might just about, only have been a temporary just thing. Just after a curry. Yeah. After a curry, yeah. But yeah, and they're also really stable environments as well. If you think about it, they've got these beautiful icy crusts around them mm-hmm. that are keeping these oceans really quite stable. If you've got a really thick crust, then I guess that the... the the conditions don't keep wildly changing. It's a plus and a minus, isn't it? Do you remember how disappointed I was when you told me that it wasn't 10 metres thick? Yeah. It was 10 miles thick. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. We, we, absolutely gutted. Well, that's I the thought, thing. No, we, it's absolutely fine. I, we can I, drill through that. Yeah, well, I don't think that there's... A, I don't think on Earth we've drilled to the depth that you would have to drill to get to an ocean on, on one of these moons. So Yeah, and you... Uh, you know, and taking a drill out there. I mean, and that's when you've got, like, yeah, you're able to take massive that's equipment. That's going to be longer than eight years. Yeah, so we ain't going to be drilling into the into the drink. ice anytime drink. soon. No. I guess the easiest way would, would be land something very hot and it slowly melt its way through the ice. But, I mean, if it's miles thick, it might take some time. How about we use the sun's rays and, like, take up a giant magnifying glass? Mm. That might not be. That might not as be as ridiculous you as heard, you think. Can I copyright that? How do I instantly <laughs> patent that? Uh, you don't want to because you want to do everything for science, Jamie. Yeah, that's true. Mm. So anyway, launching April twenty twenty three mm-hmm. aboard an Ariane five from French Guiana. To get out to Jupiter takes a lot of energy. Now you can either yeah. load that up as fuel, or you can do the classic gravity assists, Ooh, which is it. pretty cool. Which is using. The actual spin of the of the planets to kind of slingshot slingshot you at uh, away. ETA. If you look in various different places, of course, it's you're going to get different answers. But the most most up to date thing is yeah, thirty one. I'm afraid. But yeah, eight year journey. It's got to go. It's got to do multiple flybys of Earth. So that's the cool thing is that there may be some times where you might be able to go out and actually, if you've got a good enough telescope, actually get to see. The juicy mission, yeah, flyby, do yeah. one of its flybys of Earth. It's going to do flybys of mean Venus and Mars mm. to try and gain speed. History of this mission, though, it goes right back to this thing called the Jupiter Ganymede Orbiter, the the JGO, oh, yes. <laughs> which um, Europa Jupiter System Mission, the EJSM, and that was with ESA and NASA, but NASA kind of got caught out with their budgets and 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 everyone had their budget slashed. So it got abandoned. But out of all that study came uh, this JUICE mission, mm. uh, Jupiter's icy moons, um, and it's just going to, ESA, just going to concentrate on that. Although they have had lots of help from, from NASA as well because that's how these agencies work. Yes. Uh, and it got selected from the Cosmic Visions program that Cosmic Vision program, it's like that is the biggest deal that there is at ESA, and this is the first of the big deal missions. Mm. That is like your, your, your proper big, big missions. So these are large class missions or L-class, and they cost over 900 million euros. So that's that's, that, that's like heading into your billions. That's cutting a check. It is cutting a check, and and really, Juice is the first of them. Athena is going to be the second of them. Did you ever used to go into Athena as a kid? So for those of us who aren't listening in England, and maybe under the age of, uh, you know, well, basically we're old men, but Athena used to be a poster shop in England. Mm, that's right. 
And I used to go, there used to be one in Sussex in Haywards Heath where my dad had a shop. And I used to go in there and I would flick through the posters, Matt. And there was a, there was the poster, you, you must know it, very famous poster of a female tennis player. Scratching her bum. Scratching her bottom. And you saw half of a bottom cheek. And I was used to go it, in there and have ma- a Massively famous. It's, yeah. it's 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 quite it's like a sort of culturally iconic, isn't it? And it a case is. so any American watching like it may have even got over to America because you watch sitcoms and you, yeah, and you uh, in some ways it was a it was a moon. And if that girl was called Jupiter, it would be a moon of Jupiter, wouldn't I mean, it? And, and it was quite juicy. Full circle, it was. It was. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. So to bring it back home, so there we go. You know, we did see a. We did see Jupiter's so, icy know, moon. As a young Jamie Franklin, I, I just, I was staring at moons even then. Yeah, there were. There was one other very, uh, like, massive poster from the same. Uh, there was two more. There was the guy holding the baby, naked yeah. man holding oh, a baby. It was like, yeah, oh my god, a man that's like can be a caring yeah, father. He looks so sensitive and he yet looks so buff. Se- yeah, sensitive and buff. And then of course there was Don Johnson in a suit with his sleeves rolled up, walking out of the sea. Don't it's remember that absolute one. classic. Miami, when right. Miami Vice was big, but Don Johnson yeah. when he was the coolest human on earth. Oh, Everyone's wow. forgotten about Don Johnson. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, but yeah, so so the, the big, large class missions, this Cosmic Vision, 10 missions planned across four funding categories. And one of them's already flown, Keops, of course, but Juice is, is up next, and it's big. It's the big one. It is an absolute big one. So, yeah, obviously there's people like Airbus, the sort of main contractors, but it's being built by a consortium of 80 companies from 17 European countries. Damn. As well as a bit of United States, Japan and Canada, Mm. chipping in for good measure. 80 companies. Wow. The first gravity assist will be in 2024, Mm -hmm. past Earth. Then there'll be a Venus flyby in 2025, and you think it's going the wrong way. <laughs> it's literally no, going it's the that, wrong way. It's that way. It's like, why have you gone off that way? So it's going to. It's obviously going to go many, many millions of miles. Uh, this this spacecraft, and then it's got two additional flybys around Earth in 2026 and 2027. And now here's the really exciting bit. Here it actually go. goes through the asteroid belt, and and it's going to fly past 223 Rosa. Way. Hopefully, do a bit of scientific observations and study that asteroid. Fire a bullet into it, see what they get. Yeah, maybe maybe it'll have a gun on board. Yeah. I don't think it will. I think oh. it'll just be testing its instruments out on an on an on an asteroid on the way. Amazing. Uh, yeah, and then it'll get it'll get there to the Jovian system, and then lots of flybys around Ganymede. Two flybys of Europa. Matt, you know we were talking about your favourite orbits. Mm-hmm. We already know what yours is, but do you know what mine is? What is yours? The high inclination orbit. Uh, have you got a high inclination for high inclination? I mean, you just can't get better than that. Well, that will enable uh, comprehensive observations of Europa and Jupiter's other moons because it's because it's sort of above them. I mean, what more do you want? Uh, yeah, high inclination means, means it's kind of quite a lot above the kind of plane, I think, of the of Jupiter's moons mm, at that point. Beautiful. Study Jupiter's polar regions, which of course super interesting because uh, you get to see all that swirling cloud nonsense mm. that we saw on Saturn, and you get to see the auroras. The yeah, are just insane, aren't they? Well, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of that was kind of like combinations of different spacecraft, and, mm. and so I wonder just how much better we're going to see things with with this particular spacecraft that we're going to see some 
really, really interesting images come back. Hell yeah. Uh, and then it's this orbital insertion around Ganymede. Here we go. So that's the point where it's going to be the first ever uh, spacecraft to orbit a moon other than Earth's moon. It's going to go in fairly elliptical at first mm-hmm. uh, and then eventually sort of circularize its orbit and do much more detailed observations and data collection as it as it does that. What What's really frustrating, though, I guess, is like you could do all these images and stuff, but I wonder if you were in a satellite on Earth circling, whether you would actually be able to detect uh, large life, you know, large fauna, mm. or whether, you, I mean, you could probably detect that there's life down there. Yeah. But I wonder if you could do much more than that. And I wonder if you can detect life in the oceans. Well, the Great Barrier Reef. Is that yeah. still visible? Well, from I, I, space I, I guess I guess you uh, see blooms. Great shape. No, it's not in great shape. I'm sure it's in enough shape that you could probably see it. But mm. you get to see plankton blooms, don't you, from space? Very true. So I wonder if and the Great Wall of China. I mean, I mean, it, I mean because humans. You know, they, uh, well, who's I, built that? I think that's a myth, though. I don't think you can <clears> see the Great no, Wall of China. Yeah, space. Space, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't do think from, from that distance. Imagine if they see something like plankton blooms. Wow. That they actually see that kind of wow activity, because that could happen. And then a huge. Although through the yeah, <laughs> whaling the ocean. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Ah, oh. that's what I'm hoping. And then then we have a deorbiting of the mission. And it's just going to lower its orbit. And then it's going to impact on Ganymede at the end of 2035. So maybe I was wrong earlier on when I said it's probably going to last a little bit longer. Mm. But I wonder if they can delay that and then sort of say, no, actually, we're fine. We've got enough fuel to sort of stay in orbit for a couple more years. And then we'll do that manoeuvre. Everything's working fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're going to crash it down into uh, into Ganymede. I mean, what's Ganymede ever done to to the European Space Agency. I mean, here we go, you know, littering again. Now, here's something really interesting. Talking of NASA, they, of course, have Europa Clipper. Oh, yes. Which is another very big mission that's going out, more to study, obviously, Europa. Mm -hmm. But they will be out at the same time, so there'll be lots of uh, overlapping operational uh, period and so, actually, they'll be able to complement each other's scientific data. Well, I hope they quite... don't bash into each other. Yeah, imagine I, that. Imagine, imagine, imagine the it. Break. Oh my god! But I'd imagine it would be. I reckon even if you tried to do it, it would be very hard. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, We'd it's it's kind of needle in a haystack. Ty- tiny, tiny bacteria orbiting mm. the Earth and trying to hit them against each other. Yeah, very un- unlikely. So yeah, there'll be a lot of. Um, data sharing uh, and hopefully that that will that will lead to sort of bigger discoveries so yet another example of how Incredible. european space agency and nasa are actually working together on this mission despite the fact that they cancelled that uh, earlier uh, jupiter mission hmm. yes very much so are there going to be any follow up missions do you think well i think there should be what would you like to see well, I, I kind of guess we know what we'd like to see yeah we know what we'd like to see it'd be great if we can Land a little helicopter on Europa. <laughs> you know? a, a helicopter on Europa. Now, remember, it need, you need an atmosphere. I mean, that's the remarkable thing about that helicopter on Mars is that Mars's atmosphere is pretty thin and it's it still works. Just play some music. It'd be a great atmosphere. Oh, 
So, yeah, I'm not sure helicopter's great. On Titan, however, <clears throat> I'm going with helicopter. Titan. Titan and its helicopter. But out in Jupiter's moons, All right, a drill, I think then. a drill. Drill, big drill. Drill. Yeah. Or, or, or the, the, or or the or Jamie magnifying. Franklin magnifying glass yeah, contraption. Right that. Mag Beam 2000, I'm going to call it. Boom. The Mag Beam. Yeah, I reckon that I need... Jamie's Juicy Mag Beam. I, I'm going to say I need 10 billion in investment. And then I'll make it happen. Steady on, Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> um, I mean, that's the crazy thing. That's essentially what she did, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, I can do it. No, yeah. What really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not ready to show you yet, but yeah. if you give me 10 billion quid, I'll, 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 I'll be fine. I'll find someone else be fine. Oh, no, Jamie, I've spent it and I still haven't managed to develop it. Oh, oh no, I'm going to jail. Oh. But get this, Jamie. Get this. I'm going to be uh, uh, one of the presenters <gasps> for European Space Agency TV on this mission. Shut the front door. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah. big time. It'll be me and I'll be interviewing guests and stuff and taking everyone through the progress of the JUICE mission, showing them key milestones and things like that. Lots of interviews. I'll be presenting all the different segments. Oh, live broadcast. So where are you going to be? I'm going to be doing this, hopefully in Damstadt. I have been to Darmstadt before, so we had is that, that where one. Where we went? It isn't where we went. We we went to the European Space Agency's training center for yes. astronauts. Yes. This is more the in Darmstadt is the control center where they actually fly everything. So all the kind of uh, satellites and spacecraft, uh, the European Space Agency's kind of scientific control. fleet, wow. are actually kind of flown Matt, and controlled from super from, from Darmstadt. Well, can I be the first to offer my congratulations? Well, thank you. Thanks very much. I can't think I, of I, anyone I, I'd rather have do it. I'm very excited and, of course, very nervous at the same time. Do you need a tour manager um, or someone to sell merch? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe you could come out as my as my personal assistant. PA. PA to the stars. <laughs> Literally. A little run through of the actual planets, what we know so far. Okay, should we run down? Yeah. Coming in into the top three, we have Europa. Yeah. Surface, right? Yeah. Young and active, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Which which is actually very exciting. It means is. it's all it's always cracking and, and water leaking up onto the top. It is. And absolutely. so so that's pretty cool. Juice flybys, how many juice flybys? Got a couple. Got a couple mm -hmm. um scheduled. Um and then closest approach uh is gonna be as close as four hundred KM. That's actually really close. It's really I, close. I didn't actually realise it was going to be that close. So, so that's that's only... If we left here and went 400k in... We, we'd only be a little bit higher than the International Space Station. Yeah. So that's actually very close. I mean, it's exactly. much closer than, say, a geostationary yeah. satellite. So it's closer than a lot of satellites. Yeah. So that is... Yeah, that's that's very close. And you think about the photos that they get on the space station. Yeah. I mean, absolutely so, incredible. So that is going to be so close. they're taking their camera. Mm -hmm. Plenty of film. There's 10 different instruments on JUICE. It can look for biosignatures. It can also look for little pockets of water, uh, which which might indicate sort of potential for life. And it can explore the moon's geology, surface features, subsurface structures. I mean, imagine if they see a city under the ice. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and any geological activity, how it interacts with the magnetosphere of Jupiter mm. and, and work out where it's getting all this energy to melt this massive subsurface ocean and keep it warm etc yeah i mean hopefully it's not too salty because obviously yeah. if it's too salty life might be a little difficult yeah 
but maybe that it's remained liquidy because it's just warm. Slugs just it's warm. It's been sl- oh yeah, that's sort of yeah, just writhing around in the salty ice. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it is salty, life wouldn't have evolved as slugs. No, good, no, good, very no, good point. This is a good point. Right, next up. Callisto. Callisto. I, I always think Callisto sounds like a type of drink, like a can. Do you, have you got of, a can of Callisto? Yeah, but I always think of Calippo as in the uh, oh, the uh, little the squeezy pockets. Pop. Yeah. Uh, oh no, it's an ice pop, isn't it? Oh, wait, Calippo or not? Yeah, Calippo. Yeah, yeah, you are right. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It is like an ice pop thing, isn't it? I used to love that when my mum got. In Calippos fact, if anything, in. it's a juicy ice. Mum, it'll be a hot lolly. day, and I'll be like, "Mum, I'm hot," and she'd be like, "Go and look what's in the freezer." And there'll be some Calippos. A couple of Calippos. Everyone would go for the orange ones first. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to start a drinks company where we sell cans of Callisto. Because I think it Callisto. is. Callisto. Callisto, it does sound nice, doesn't it? What would it? your flavours be? Orange. Straight away. Just orange. straight away. It's just orange. It's boring. Yeah, but life is boring. It's classic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I want to be on your marketing team. Life is boring. Why did you just choose orange? Life is boring. Imagine that as a slogan for my Callisto, Callisto drink. <laughs> I think it because might work. Callisto drink, orange, because life is boring. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Oh, God, God I mean, it's so good. Forget prime. You know? Maybe maybe it's a play on word in boring in terms of the machine that's boring oh, into the God. Callisto's ice. Well, now oh I my god! Now we're talking part of the marketing team. So, how many flybys will happen at Callisto? Uh, well, only twenty-one. Twenty-one. It's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. So, Callisto's going to get a lot more attention than than Europa. Well, talking of attention, yeah, it's only going to be two hundred km close. I mean, that is very close. It's insane. Yeah, that's 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 only a little bit higher than space itself <laughs> from us. So, I mean, like, that's much lower than the International Space Station. What are we talking main goals on Callisto? Um, I guess the same. Same vibe? A glimpsing the environment to make, you know, to see, to try and understand the early Jupiter system, how it all formed. Mm. Looking at its geological history to see if you can get some clues about how the whole Jovian system formed. Can't wait. What's the next big moon here? Ganymede. Ganymede. Largest moon. There's going to be 12 flybys of Ganymede. 12? Yeah. Closest approach. Uh, when it enters orbit, 500 km. Potentially aiming for 200 later in the mission. Dropping its orbit down to 200 kilometers. I suspect they might even try getting it a bit lower. I mean, if you're going to crash into the... If you're going to crash, you may as well... May as well give it a go. May as well try and get as low as you can. At the end, Get as much yeah. data as you possibly can. Exactly. Yeah, so th- then it's going to get into orbit around it. It's going to investigate the ocean. There's no direct evidence, by the way, of, of Ganymede's ocean. Just pretty certain that there is one. So hopefully um, we'll see what's, what's well, down unlike there. Unlike the rusty colour of uh, Europa, right? Mm-hmm. Right in that. Well, Europa's kind of like it's quite white. It's got quite a sort of high albedo. It's kind of like new ice on on Europa. That's what makes it so exciting. Right. I think it's one of the brightest objects in the in the uh, solar system. And if it was and that and Enceladus, if 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 they were the moon, because the moon is actually pretty black, but if it only looks white to us because obviously rings of uh, Saturn. Rings of Saturn are very constantly chinging into each other. Yeah, exactly. So they're very, very bright. They're very, very bright as as well. So yeah, it's. um, I think. um, And as you said earlier, Matt, examining the complex core of Ganymede. Yeah, 
So it's going to yeah, that, that's going to be really interesting. That'll you know what interesting. what what is the, what is the core of Ganymede made of? It I, I guess it might just be really icy. Mm. Might just be an icy core. Uh, but it might be a little bit more interesting than that. You never know. Ganymede might be one of these rogue things that's just being caught up in in uh, Jupiter's pull. Could be. What if it was like really similar to Pluto? And then it's like maybe it just got dragged out of the Kuiper belt. Or maybe Pluto got dragged out of the Jovian system. Steady on, would be one. It would be pretty cool either way. I mean... I'm, I reckon I'm I'm being pretty far-fetched with both of those things, but you just never know, do you? Matt, there's nothing wrong with being far-fetched. No, there is absolutely nothing wrong with with being that. But but anyway, Ganymede orbits at a distance of a million kilometers yeah. <laughs> uh, from uh, Jupiter, and it and it and it completes a revolution every seven days, three hours. So it's going round at quite a nip, and it will not be televised. Ganymede is the largest moon in the solar system. It's big. It's absolutely bigger. It's larger than Mercury, but only has 45% of the mass. So in other words, Mercury is probably the is a core of a planet. It's really metallic and, and, and proper solid. Mm. Whereas Ganymede don't know how sort of solid its core is. Um, but it's almost certainly a metallic core because it's got this metal, uh, uh, magnetic field. Huge. Um, so it might be silicate rock and water. So it's roughly halfy-half of those two things. Halfy-half. Halfy-half. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's pretty exciting because obviously if it's, if it's like it's got this rocky core, there might be lots of minerals and lots of things in the water as well, mm-hmm. which is going to help. That's what we hope. So there's dark regions on uh, Ganymede, mm-hmm. which seem to be impact craters, and lighter regions, which are cross-cut by extensive grooves and ridges. So that's likely to be tectonic activity due to tidal heating. In other words, the push and pull mm. of Jupiter. Not just Jupiter, but with with um, the other moons as well. You know, the, the other moons, as they sort of go by, are having a, a profound effect on them. Um, and actually, that's the thing that's really interesting. Is there is this is this um, orbital resonance that Ganymede has? Mm. So it's tidally locked. So it, so its actual days are the same. Its its day is the same as its year, exactly the same. Just like the moon, really. It's um it it's tidally locked. So it it spins. So it's always day being seven days and three hours. And its year, it's sort of Jovian yeah. orbit. Well, that's why it's, it's obviously you would say year, oh, yeah. but when it's around Jupiter, you call it a year, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that takes seven days and three hours. Mm. It's quite eccentric the orbit, so in other words, it's it's quite up. It's it's not circular, mm-hmm. uh, and it is inclined slightly to the Jovian equator. Um, that's actually a little bit periodic, caused by like the other moons and and the sun even like pulling it around, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Ganymede is actually has some orbital reson- resonance with Europa. Do you know what that's known as? What? The Laplace resonance. After the wow. French godlike mathematician Laplace. I mean, what a genius. That that Laplace resonance doesn't really account for how Ganymede has got into this orbital eccentricity either. So it, it so there is a little bit of a mystery based around that, which is why Juicy's going out there to sort of try and solve some of the mysteries around 
the types of orbits and 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 crazy thing that's going on there. But they do know that yeah, uh, Ganymede and Europa are kind of locked in in resonance. One, two, four orbital resonance with Europa and Io. Every time it goes round once, Europa goes round twice, and Io goes round four times. So they're stuck in this dance, and it is that dance that has dragged them into the positions they are. So, so as it got into that resonance, it would have been pulled out slightly by Europa, and you know they're all swapping energy by doing this until they get into these stable resonances. That is nuts. It is nuts. So, which is kind of you know there's there's things going on like that in the solar system as well as a whole, but this is because it, it's all sort of tighter together. So. These orbital resonances are really, really interesting. I I genuinely wish I I knew way more about them. Would you call it almost an orbital lap dance? Yeah. Um, It's almost the same as Laplace. Yeah, well, Ganymede, of course, was was, uh, fancied by Zeus. Zeus actually liked a bit of Ganymede. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Zeus carried off um, Ganymede to Jupiter. Well, Zeus is Jupiter. Very confusing. Yeah, it is very confusing, isn't it? Um, yes, Ganymede. Guess what? Guess what? Ganymede's atmosphere is composed mo- mostly of. Just say any any gas. Go on. Uh, oxygen and hydrogen. Oh, mostly oxygen. <gasps> you got to admit that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So Ganymede has already been explored by Galileo spacecraft and the Voyager probes. So oh, yeah. So we've you know we've got quite a bit of knowledge yeah, about Ganymede. But then it is massive. You know, it's like absolutely huge. So there's 10 instruments on Juice. Mm-hmm. Janus. Yes. <laughs> uh, which is a, an optical camera. So I'd imagine that Janus or Janus is going to be pretty uh, important. Is what there about, a Roland Ma- Janus keyboard? Uh, there isn't. No, not yet. Quite surprised. Yeah. Uh, Magis. Magis. So that's a visible and infrared imaging spectrometer. What about Swy? Swy, Swy or a, sweet. a sub-millimetre wave instrument for studying the subsurface structure. Nice. UVS. Which is a UV imaging spectrograph. Gala. A laser altimeter. No, for my favourite. Me- so, well, that's, that's going to measure like the, 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 the sort of topography, oh. like how big the mountains are Hell and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And now my personal favourite, JMAG. JMAG. That, didn't you have one of them in your sock drawer? <laughs> Is a mag is a mag magnetometer for and studying the magnetic field. Yeah, Remy, <laughs> Remy, or Rhyme radar sounder. Yeah. So that's again for studying the subsurface. So they'll be able to ping down and try and work out what's going on. Also connected, Pride. Yeah, an interferometer and Doppler experiment for studying the gravity and atmospheric properties of the moon. Nice. Three GM. A type of post-it note. No. A radio science experiment for studying the gravity and interior structure of the moons. And what about, finally, the RPWI? A radio and plasma wave instrument for studying the plasma environment of the moons. Study the plasma of the moon. That's what it's gonna do. Anyone need a jingle? Me and Matt have got you covered. Got jingles for juice. High radiation, that's what's going to be out there. Jupiter is kicking out. Tons of radiation. Hi, radiation. I'm JB. In fact, it's one of the most intense radiation environments in the solar system. It is intense. Like, you would not want to spend too long out what in about Jupiter. How are the te- what are the temperatures like? Temperature 
is ludicrous. So it's plus 250 degrees during the flyby of Venus, but out at Jupiter, it's minus 230 degrees C. So I need my coat. So it's as cold as it is hot by Venus. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, a, not even a balaclava is going to help, is it? No. In fact, you, what you need is an MLI, a multi-layer insulation, and that's a, a little blanket that, that Juice is wearing on the way out there. Doesn't sound enough to me. No. Uh, low power as well, so it's got massive mm. solar panels uh, because... European spacecraft don't carry radioactive power sources, so they have to rely on solar panels. Well, sunlight is uh, 25 times weaker than on Earth. Yeah, Hen hence the solar panels are 85 metres squared. That's big, isn't it? It's big. That is absolutely massive. What about the distance? What kind of distance are we talking? Uh, it's hundreds of millions of kilometres from Earth. So, yes, it's a long way back. So you've got this tiny, well, 2.5-metre antenna, in actual fact, um, that, um, yeah, that, that can send data back home. But also, the actual computer on board is very, very powerful, so it, it can independently solve some of the problems that, that it's given, that it comes across. I'm so buzzed about all this, you know. Yeah, well, I'm super buzzed by it. But we're going to have to wait a long time before it actually gets there. But the launch is coming up. So I think it's pretty obvious that this is European Space, one of European Space Agencies. If not, it's their big, biggest project right now. Mm. It's absolutely huge. It's, it's lucky it's going up on a Ariane 5, mm -hmm. as we saw how good that was at, at getting James Webb Space Telescope into... How good is in, the Ariane 5? Yeah, well... It's, Shout out, Isa. Fingers crossed... There'll be absolutely no problems there. Uh, it's a very, very reliable uh, launch vehicle. and um, Famous last words. Famous last words. But, you know, this, we went through the stress of James Webb. We now yeah. have to go a little bit through the stress of Juice. And the Juice is like... it's a, If there was something to go wrong with Juice, it would be a major blow for European Space Agency. Mm. So it, it's absolutely good luck to absolutely everyone. Best of luck, everyone. Absolutely incredible stuff. So, Jamie, what's what's happening? Well, that's it, isn't it? Another end of another podcast. End of what another... are we going to do? Should we go for a curry? I don't see why not. Okay, let's do it. Papa Dom's on me. I wonder if we can go for a Jupiter-themed curry. So do we have to orbit the Papa Doms yeah. before we eat them? Yeah. Because so, I'm going to crash into the surface like it's the end of the mission. Where does your nan fit in this? Yeah, I need to work on that. Yeah, I'm going to say bye bye to the Spodcats. Say goodbye to them. Bye bye, Spodcats. Bye. Oh,